Coming up, a look at some highlights from the Jemison Dublin International Film Festival, which is on next month. A bit of chat about the big awardsy contenders that have hit Irish screens in the last couple of weeks. And then we're going to share our early Oscar picks. And finally, we'll preview what delights lie in store in February. So we'll kick off with something uh, that's playing at JDF. This is uh, it's from Calvary, and this is the opening gala film. What do you want to say to me? I'm here to listen to whatever you have to say. I'm going to kill you, father. Certainly a startling opening line. Do you think it was an idle threat? I don't know. I'm not sure. If you're not sure, it means it's possible. Body of Christ. Things you hear in confessions these days. Do you know what felching is? I do know what felching is, yeah. I have to look it up. That's what I've always liked about you, father. You're just a little too sharp for this parish. Interesting man, you father. A good man, a fine man. Nobody around here has a bad word to say about him. Makes you wonder what he's hiding. Very good. So there we go. Are you excited about that? Yeah, very excited. Um, um, John Michael McDonough's new film. We weren't that keen on the guard, but I think I quite liked it. Oh, like, okay. As in, well, no. In yeah. retrospect, now when I think about it, what it, the fact it's the most successful Irish film ever, and even people in America and Canada think that that signifies Irish cinema is unfortunate. Yeah. It was a bit of fun, but it got played way too high. You hated it, though. Yeah, I just it was too a bit too stage Irishy and oh, big arm, big gosh, and very predictable. Even though it was trying to be cool, but I suppose it's an interesting first kind of foray yeah. into it. Um, this looks a lot more promising from the trailer. Again, it stars Brendan Gleeson as the and such a good character. cast of mm. supporting people. They've got Chris O'Dowd. You've got um, David McSavage, Aidan Gillen, Aidan Gillen. Lots of people. What date mm. does that play? Uh, it's going to be their opening gala as you said on the 13th of February so the festival's running from the 13th to the 23rd of February and overall the cinema's kind of cine world yeah. and it's out a little bit after that as well so people who although that whole gala thing's probably sold out it'll be full of industry folk all the celebs so what do you think of the programme in general this year is it very good actually on the Irish stuff yeah I think it'll be a big year for Irish cinema this year because you've got Calvary and then what's closing the film is Stag Mm. Um, and Frank has done really well at Sundance it's going to come to us in around May I think yeah um, and there's another couple of films um, we didn't get to see it at Galway but it did quite Run, well Run, Run and, and Jump. Jump is one and then, and then there's another one called Gold with um, James Nesbitt apparently it's getting very good reviews so the two of those kind of as well so yeah I think it'll be a good year it'll be interesting and the guy who did uh, Silence as well has a new film that's I wasn't there. mad in Silence I know people yeah. who loved that because I saw it at the film festival I don't know if it was last year or the year before mm. and I, it was funny because the director um, someone raised the question being like oh this is quite like a documentary and the director kind of took offence to this and he was like no it's not like a documentary <laughs> it's like an ordinary film and I wanted to kind of stand up for the guy because I said I thought it's totally like a documentary I thought it was a documentary because your man's going around interviewing people it's not believable as it's like a here's a narrative story yeah and he interviews people straight on and I was like it totally feels like a documentary yeah you know um, so yeah no the Irish seems promising there'll be a good few um, foreign films um, yeah the guy from Sherlock is in Stag which I find exciting uh, Andrew Scott Oh, very good. his name. So, uh, yeah, he's this guy. We're, we have the programme here in front of us. And, uh, yeah, he plays Moriarty in it. And oh, he's, brilliant. He's very good. Yeah. He's very good. We actually have a clip from Stag, if uh, if you want to kind of... This is him kind of, I don't know, trying to promote the, the thing to someone, but they don't really want to go. It's a funny clip, anyway. We'll, we'll hit play. The machine. This is the brother who... Yes. No. You fix it. Yeah, I'll fix it. I'll, I'll call him. Okay. Oh, 
Hi, this is Davin. I'm a friend of Fanon's who's marrying your sister. This weekend, we are embarking on a silent walking retreat with some transsexual friends of ours in the rain. You can call me back if you want, but it will be just as I say, wet and silent and boring and weird. Okay, bye, bye. Keep me posted. Uh, very good. And then also, I think one of the most exciting ones, probably the biggest name playing the whole thing is the new Wes Anderson film, playing only a couple of days after it debuts at Berlin. And then it's playing here and it's playing on Saturday afternoon, I think, and it's sold out as well. Uh, yeah, Saturday the 15th of February in Sydney World. Yeah, but then opening in early March, as far as I know. In June. Looks fantastic, the, though. It's kind of the it, most Wes Anderson thing ever. Yeah, like the whole thing. I wonder, will the whole thing... It just Remember the thing that they did for Saturday Night Live, the Wes Anderson horror film? You just wonder at what point he can stop being... Not, not a parody of himself, but you wonder, will, will we get to the point where yeah. something is too Wes Anderson? I don't think so, because I wondered that about... Moonlight I think once Kingdom. you like him, you're fine. It's grand. Yeah. But if you don't, you will constantly go back to that being like, oh, he's doing this. and you know. Yeah. Where he's, it really seemed to turn people against him was for Fantastic Mr. Fox because yeah. I think people had kind of real childhood love of that and just hated that he had transformed it into some kind of melancholic misanthropic kind of musing type thing I thought it was brilliant but yeah. I suppose as a kids film you might be like what's going yeah. on I here? don't think he's going to surprise anyone so if you like him you're going to like this and if you have problems with him you're not going to like it um, yeah. another one that caught my eye uh, is The Double the Richard Iota one Um which uh, it's based on one of these, uh, what is it, the Franz Kafka yes. thing with um, Jesse Eisenberg. and um, He meets his double in real life and kind of freaks out. Yeah. I think he's going to be there as well to turn. They're going to show, um, he's going to turn up and give a bit of a talk. Excellent. And will Chris O'Dowd be there as well? I don't know. Do an IT crowd reunion. Although we had the reunion a couple of months ago and it was yeah. good. Um, I saw Richard Oda in the toilet, you know that. Yes. I've talked about this before. I just claim to fame. It's my brief claim to fame exchanging eye contact in a bathroom one time. Um, I've seen him on that program on um, Sky, the sports program. Yeah. A League of Their Own or whatever it's called. He seems like the most out of character person to be honest. And it's hilarious because he just insults everyone yeah. on the show uh, being like, why am I here? Yeah. Um, 20 Feet from Stardom, another one that caught my eye, a documentary about backing singers. Which I know it's hardly the raciest thing in going, but um, I don't know. I think it's really interesting. That's what you want documentaries to be about, though. It's yeah, you don't stories. want it to be. Yeah, like on paper, it sounds crap, but it's got one of the big uh, gala kind of screening things on a Sunday morning, maybe in the Savoy. Mm-hmm. So it should be very exciting. Twenty feet from stardom. Um, tried to find a clip from it, but can't really get anything nice. So mm. this is probably the last as Mars. I'm kind of looking forward to. It's kind of a good sci-fi slash horror type thing. It's from director Rory Robinson. And it's starring uh, Liv Schreiber, who's hot off his um, performance, his work. Yeah, his in Ray TV Donovan. show Ray Donovan. Sorry, his his, his acting. Total mental block. Like that um, word, uh, <coughs> that thing that people do in front of cameras, where they're pretending to be someone that they're the not. Talking with the fake talking and from with the acting. You they know? read a book, but the book is never in 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 the shot. What's that? Scripts. So uh, it's getting recorded medium theater. kind of reviews, but I think it could be interesting. I haven't seen a good sci-fi in a while, and it's kind of drawn comparisons to Moon and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, it's interesting because it's got such an Irish connection. Like most of the Irish films, even the ones we've talked about, they're we're very good at drama. Mm-hmm. But when you talk about anything, you know, we got uh, Citadel. Thank you, uh, producer Colin here hopping in. He is listening. We always wonder does he ever tune in Citadel, which was great because it was an Irish film, um, but it was it wasn't kind of about diddly eyeness or anything contemporary like you know gritty Dublin life yes. it's actually something that was just kind of a little bit out there and kind of different so that was fun um, 
two, like, well, most of the films that we said, but might have kind of sometimes the director added as well. I suppose two of the biggest names that are going to be present are Richard Dreyfus is going to be here to collect a Volta presentation. It's an award that the film festival does. Uh, he's also going to take part in a and a after the Jameson Cult Film Club, uh, which is Jaws. Do you think Richard Dreyfus is going to watch that no. film? No. He's going to go and have dinner and then show up. and Yeah, he might be there at the start, then disappear, and then come back. Because in my head, I thought he hated Jaws just yeah. by his prana have cameo t- at the start. Have they told him that he is the centrepiece <laughs> of this Jaws thing? Yeah. It'd be brilliant, though. It'd be fantastic. Um, so you can't buy tickets for that. It's only on the Jameson Cult Film Club website. Yeah, so if you kind of follow them on Twitter and kind of get sign up and try and say the right things hopefully you, win tickets yeah, for it yeah you should be there it's a tricky enough kind of proposition um, and the other a, big name is Terry Gilliam is going to present his new film The Final Theorem The Zero Theorem Zero yeah. Theorem sorry um, and he's also going to be present to do a Q&A as well so that'll be pretty good I think yeah. it's along the lines of Brazil and uh, 12 Monkeys so yeah I quite liked the last time he did that funny um, dystopian thing that the, the Imaginarium of Dr. Imagine, Parnassus there we go I quite liked that a lot and everyone was like it was a bit weird so hopefully it'll be kind of like that um, yeah so that's it lots and lots and lots of stuff we have a post on our internet space at s-p-o-o-o-o-l dot i-e um, where we talk about all the JDF films and also then don't forget that you can go to j-d-i-f-f dot com to see the actual program and book all your tickets uh, cool here is a clip from a film that came out a month ago that we didn't get to talk about yet because we haven't had a podcast like this in about six weeks. You're going to do this because you got no choice. You work for me. But you keep changing the rules. You know, you're getting a little power drunk. But you, you know, you want to tell him anything? You want to wake him up? Oh, no. I said we shouldn't do any of it, Irving. You know I said that. So now I support Richie. He's got vision. Do it heavy or don't do it. I mean, he's the one ruling America, not me. How the f*** am I ruining America? Because people just got over Watergate in Vietnam, all right? And you're going to shit all over politicians again? It's just because you want to be a big shot, get a promotion. No, I'm thinking big. All right, this is going to be fantastic. We're doing video surveillance. I'm doing this from the feet up. You will never do it properly because you got too much government attitude to be small and sleek. I like to be a con man, all right? I'm in and I'm out. I was there the whole time. You don't know it, all right? That's an art of becoming somebody who people can pin their beliefs so that was American Hustle it feels a bit funny uh, to be talking about it now because it's kind of been on the zone they had a a preview screening that I was lucky enough to see on the 18th of December so that's what about six weeks at yeah. this stage um, but I did go and see it again then in early January and um, so I've seen it twice because that's what I've been endeavouring to do with all these films but I've only seen some of them twice um, just because but at the why at, not but while sacrificing seeing everything else um so uh, yeah American Hustle if anyone doesn't really know it's got Christian Bale Amy Adams Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence as art con people and they're just basically conning men into investing in different things with the knowledge that they'll never get their money back and then they decide oh we could actually turn this into a bigger thing and Bradley Cooper actually does a sting job on them and then they end up working for the FBI yeah but then there's a bit of a double cross um, and all that and so I actually think it was really interesting when they marketed all this it was like oh cool a big heist film it's going to be great but I think I think it really works I gave it at the time I think maybe four and a half out of five mm-hmm. I saw it at the first time I saw it I was like oh I don't know about that and I said that to you I was like oh, I'm not too sure because I don't think it did very well at that heisty thing but then when I saw it again I was like I just thought it was a, mm-hmm. a comedy of truly truly ridiculous needy people the trailer totally it. plays it as a drama th- thriller yeah. 
and obviously when they had the finished film and we're like this is a comedy yeah. shit people don't go see this we need to get people in to be like yeah so it's kind of when you're watching it you're like oh right this is supposed to be funny and then it's hilarious but if you don't if you're not aware of that and you're watching a comedy that you think is supposed to be dramatic you're like is this on purpose maybe this is just really bad and the amount of people I've talked to who have come out of the cinema and said yeah no no one was laughing like what, what was the problem like you know what do you mean it was comedy but mm. I was like it was really funny but I think that that by marketing it like that then it's kind of has, seems to have failed so yeah. it has kind of split people which has been interesting but it yeah is, I know a lot of people who hate it on yeah. Twitter have kind of seen some things especially the night of the Golden Globes yeah when stuff there was some awful uh, negative yeah. stuff yeah, I think my problem with it is I actually don't think it's worthy of like if of being a best picture like it isn't the it's kind of coming in behind Gravity and Twelve Years a Slave at the minute, and if you know if you're looking at odds, it's a or good whatever. story kind of you know and it's yeah. it's it's acted very well. Bradley Cooper's hilarious in it. Yeah, but David O. Russell's last film, Silver Silver Linings Playbook, is you know a modern masterpiece yeah. in my book. I've seen him about four times, and the fighter then can the year and a bit before that also brilliant and I think this may well be the weakest and yet he didn't mm. win any director or picture awards for either of them so it just would be funny if he kind of were to win them now I don't think Jennifer Lawrence deserves the support and actors no we'll, and talk, I don't about think that. we'll talk about that in a little while we're going to yeah. do our preliminary Oscar picks it's it's not quite at that stage where it's really obvious what's going to win but it's slowly yeah. getting there so we thought we'd, uh, we'd spit them out today Louis, brilliant cameo by Louis C. Canet very funny absolutely that I think is the highlight and everything to do with his uh, story about the ice fishing made it for me and the bit where him and Bradley Cooper just kind of beat up on each other and saved the film like I think I think Christian Bale I'm trying to think back on what he did in it you do kind of feel sorry for him it's his most kind of I think you had said it um we're putting him out there yeah touches into himself a wee bit or something you know it's very yeah Nice but, uh, kind of story, but uh, yeah, it's good. Um, what do you, what do you if you were to give it a five? Yeah, I think I'd give it four. It's a four. Yeah. yeah, it's not the defining film of the year. That's why it's funny to see it talked, but it's it's good. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right, we'll move on to the other film then, which we just mentioned, which a lot of people are talking about. Twelve Years a Slave. Yeah. Heavy. So very heavy. Heavy racism. Last year when slavery. there was Abe Lincoln and. Um, Django. Django Unchained there was a brilliant was it I think funnierdie.com did a thing where it was like oh, real. What, what the real posters would say and Lincoln was like slavery the serious version and Django was slavery the funny version yeah so this is definitely slavery the serious um, depressing this is, this is Bra- Bra- I saw somewhere Brad Pitt sl- solves slavery very good that is we we'll, I suppose talk about that in a minute that's the most unbelievable part of it Brad Pitt's yeah at part. this stage we presume most people have seen 12 Years a Slave so it concerns itself with um, Solomon Northup who um, um, is played by Chiu Gwant Chiwetel Ejiofor yeah people are getting to it now yeah. people are really able to at the second. beginning a couple yeah. of months ago people were like oh this is that guy's name who we only ever copy and pasted now we're going to say it out loud yeah. So uh, he plays Solomon Northup and he is kind of hoodwinked into being kidnapped and sold into slavery by Which two was my favourite tricksters. Bit. Those two car- circus guys. <laughs> One guy, Taran Kalam from Saturday Night Live. I don't know how he got such an exotic name. Yeah. But uh, it's very funny. And uh, Scoop McNary, isn't that his name? Oh, yeah. The guy who's yes. been in lots of things like Killing Them Softly and a few things like that. And So he kind of gets sold around to different people. Um his first kind of owner is uh, Benedict Cumberbatch and he t- treats him quite well you know he's still very much I'm the master and you're the slave but he, in context of then yeah, yes, that was probably quite he nice kind of yes. treats him quite fair and he gives him a violin to play mm. 
as kind of a gift. Um, then, unfortunately, he is a falling out with Paul Dano. He's kind of doing a classic Paul Dano character um, of just being really psycho and scary. So then he has to be sold and he goes and ends up and starts working for Michael Fassbender, who um, is tipped while he's nominated for a supporting actor. But again, you kind of feel that Fassbender's just... It, it's a fantastic performance, but it's just his... Here's my crazy intense phase you know it's kind of like autopilot it's like Anthony Hopkins kind of said that one time he gets all these kind of similar roles and he says you don't yeah. even have to act in them you just turn on whatever yeah. and so what we're saying is that Fassbender should be winning the Oscar for The Counselor yeah not for 12 years exactly like, agreed uh, it's also stars a fantastic performance by a character by a Patsy who is um, Lupita Nyong'o and she's nominated for Best Supporting Actor. She's fantastic. First, first ever bit of acting in that. Mm, mm, that's fantastic. Cool. Very good. Recently, yeah. Some people have come out and said about the the graphic graphic nature of it. Like the worst scene is when Patsy gets um, whipped. Whipped. It's horrendous. But I think people have a tendency, and especially American people, just want to forget about their past. And it's quite hard to yeah. just totally trivialize in your head. Like you have this notion of slavery in your head, but until it's kind of shoved in front of your face and it was like, this was what it was actually like. And this is what it yeah. felt like and looked like. Yeah. It'd be amazing if it went in one best picture and kind of got a few people in, you know, because apparently people were kind of hinting that Americans can't handle it. Yeah. They can't take it. And so that's why it's not getting as many mm. plaudits or, you know, isn't as maybe mightn't end up winning the Oscar. You know, yeah, money wise, it hasn't done amazingly, but no, because there's a bit as well. Brad Pitt turns up at one point, and uh, it turns out he's a producer in the film. I think he had a big hand in getting it made, mm. and he just has a conversation with Solomon about slavery, and kind of he's the like, he tries, he's the good person to Fassbender's crazy man. Yeah, but it's not believable or something. You're just like, I don't believe. Yeah, this. but I read the little bit about it, and um from what, where it's based in the book and it's pretty much word for word like it, oh, exactly right. as it was they think even that scene is too faithful though you'd think maybe they could have I don't know I understand they needed but get an unknown actor you can't have Brad Pitt coming in and being the hero and like with his big flowing hair here's the white man coming to even see though I love Brad Pitt yeah. I'm not saying that I saw he Money, didn't eat in it Moneyball yeah Moneyball was on TV a couple of weeks ago um, with the and I, I just realised A number one how much I love baseball and then B how much I love Jonah Hill and C how much I love uh, Brad Pitt and yeah, all the film ever. looks fantastic 12 Years a Slave there's some amazing kind of scenery shots of the south and mm. it's it really looks fantastic yeah I can't remember the cinematographer Sean Bobbitt don't know if he got his Oscar nomination we don't have the internet here with us today we're kind of being kind of ripping it up we're going to mm-hmm. see how it goes um, so but it's it, did, it did look did look kind of phenomenal uh, we'll just finish out on 12 Years a Slave with a clip and it's to do with um, Patsy and Fassbender I went to Master Shaw's plantation <sighs> you admit it yes freely and you know why I got this from Mrs. Shaw Mrs. Lepps won't even grab me no soap to clean with I stink so much I make myself gag So speaking of Brad Pitt and Jonah Hill, uh, Jonah Hill stars in The Wolf of Wall Street. Wow, segue. Which was another brilliant... Um, Can you say segue there? 
Yeah. I remember, <laughs> but it's spelled differently to, to, the, uh, to, the, to the machine. The motorized the thing. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, Wolf of Wall Street is Martin Scorsese's latest film, and I think it's his best since The Departed. Some people are saying Don't it's you feel sorry for people Like we were talking about Bob Dylan before this And no one can ever Just say it's his best film Yes Because it's always like Oh it's probably Bob Dylan's Best album Since Blood on the Tracks Or since Time Out of Mind Or something Yeah And Some people are saying It's his best since Goodfellas And I'm like Ah You know He's done good stuff After Goodfellas You know Yeah I know I feel sorry for these guys I'd say it's his best work Since Hugo For definite But then I do love Hugo and Hugo he, is very good yeah. But it was his last film <laughs> Yeah uh, so it's basically a Leonardo DiCaprio um, showcase showpiece 179 minutes of him and is there any scene he's not in you were trying to think of this I came up with one the one where the guy from The Walking Dead and Jonah Hill's guy are at the the bank yes. handing over that briefcase mm-hmm. that's all I could come up with I think so anyway he plays um, Jordan Belfort who is a stockbroker starts his way up then there's a bit of a crash he ends up working selling penny stocks with uh, Sp- Spike Jones. Black Monday. <laughs> yes. Was his first day of trading. So then he goes and starts working for Spike Jones selling penny stocks and the commission on them is huge. So he kind of builds up a uh, repertoire doing that with his famous speech and eventually builds a company around himself. And it I just take keeps, the clip with yeah. the bit which kind of makes him the man he was, I think. This is... Uh, Martin, uh, Leonardo Ma- DiCaprio and uh, Matthew, Matthew McConaughey. Yeah. There's two keys to success in the broker business. First of all, you gotta stay relaxed. Yeah. You jerk off? Do I, do I jerk off? Yeah. Yeah, I jerk off, yeah. How many times a week? Like um, three, three, four, three or four times, maybe. I don't pump those numbers up. Those are rookie numbers in this racket. I, myself, I jerk off at least twice a day. Once in the morning, right after I work out, and then once right after lunch. Really? Mm-hmm. Okay? I want to. That's not why I do it. Mm-hmm. I do it because I need to. Mm-hmm. Think about it. You're dealing with numbers all day long. Mm-hmm. Decimal points, high frequencies, bang, bang, bang. <laughs> Digits. <laughs> all very acidic, above the shoulders, mustard. Mm-hmm. All right? Mm-hmm. It kind of can wake some people out. Mm-hmm. Right? You got to feed the geese to keep the blood flowing. Mm-hmm. I keep the rhythm below the belt. Done. Good clip. The McCon- it's the McConaughey-sons. That's what we're yeah. calling the Matthew McConaughey return. So um, um, there's some good advice from Matthew McConaughey. Yeah, do, 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 you, do you jerk off? Do you jerk off? I read... So weirdly enough, as you know, I have a Kindle. And even though I claim not to read books, I have this book on it uh, from when I went and got loads of books on it. Um, the Wolf of Wall Street book. You looked at me like I was going to talk about a book about jerking off. Yeah. I don't keep them on that Kindle. There's another... But no, I need to tell you, that whole thing, they don't have lunch together in the book, but he does say, Uh, oh, you know, son, you need to jerk off. You need to jerk off. That's what's going to make you. That's how you'll learn. Got to get in there. You got to do that. And it's really good. And the book, because I have no imagination, it's very easy to read. So I've read it. I've read a lot of it now. And is a lot of what in the film true? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Very, very, very similar. There's bits... There's bits that are kind of, you know, and at the beginning they have, so I don't know what's in the book, whether it's yes. all true, but there's there's bits where they have to have the, you know, well, this is, we've added dialogue where we're not sure what someone said and all that. So oh, it's okay. not a legally binding yeah. thing, but most of it is very a very faithful kind of thing, mm-hmm. uh, adaptation from it's the whole thing. Jam, there is another Wolf of Wall Street actually from 1929. Um, I was looking it up on IMDb last night, so maybe that will come back into mm. it. It's really, yeah, Jonah Hill got the Oscar nomination as well. And well deserved. 
and yeah, Leonardo he's, DiCaprio he's fantastic like he it's so funny to think we all kind of just tune into him with uh, Superbad and then you're kind of like oh there's that funny kind of chubby guy cool and then with Moneyball he kind of spun everything around and you're like god this guy can do really serious yeah kind of uh, insular kind of acting like really subtle uh, except here he's kind of back to being a bit of a clown character with his kind of big shiny white teeth and his yeah. great hair and his amazing sweaters but for me what I didn't, hadn't really seen before I don't think is how funny Leonardo DiCaprio is yeah the scene like he's just a really great comic actor and physically yeah. funny you know yeah the we'll come back to it for your movie moment of the month I think I yeah I got a preview but the um the 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 funny thing is with him he got used for all those years with being in dead wife films where he was in Shutter Island Inception um I can't remember. He's all he. There was about Revolutionary Road. Around. Revolutionary Road. Basically, you can look back and someone created this montage of Leonardo DiCaprio being sad, <gasps> yearning for his, yearning for his poor dead white wife, and um, yeah. So um, so it's jam packed full of um, cameos. Rob Rayner's in it. John Favreau, Spike Jones. I love it. Rob Rayner was the dad, right? He's brilliant. Yeah, I really really like that. I did. So I again, I I saw this one twice as well, and second time around. There's a scene where Rob Rayner is chatting to Leonardo DiCaprio in his office and they're just chatting and DiCaprio says, or sorry, Belfort says, um, oh, you know, I think I'm going to have to finish it with, um, with his first wife. Yes. But the whole scene, they don't actually, there's no wide shot. I don't think the two of them were ever oh, in, in the room. room. So I'd say it was yeah. both from reshoots and um, the whole thing with the film, everything you read about it, like it was meant to be it ended up being four hours originally and Thelma Schoonmaker had to go and edit the whole thing down and she says she didn't really cut out anything. Yeah. It was just like chopping bits off conversation but it does, second time around it does seem a little bit uh, chopped and kind okay. of, but I think even we saw that, you felt that bits of it, it was kind of rushed but like it's so good that you don't mind but. It's I, the most I, entertaining I, film I've yeah, seen. Yeah, I'm hoping that that extended uh, cut shows up. Um, yeah, hopefully on, on the DVD. DVD. You'd imagine it would in this yeah. day and age. Um, and a hell of a lot of CGI if anyone hasn't seen that Google Wolf of Wall Street CGI Uh because it's terrifying how much in a film like this where you're like why bother with CGI there's no need Hmm. except for the yacht uh, yeah you're like okay that's fake kind of have to do that but yeah it's great fun and um, don't go and see it if you're easily offended yeah it attracted a lot of controversy it's very it's definitely 18s and it's very full on horrendous in its treatment of women but it's kind of it's just portraying what they were like and you know I think it'd be a bit of a cop out if they were t- trying yeah. to pretend anything else you know absolutely and I think like with Scorsese he's kind of just he's taking the book and he's he doesn't really not that he doesn't care but he's not gonna because mm. I heard him talking about it and he was saying he, he hates these films that have already made the decision for you about like you shouldn't like this guy or you know it's he leaves it open ended because obviously you see it and you hate the guy at the end you despise him you're like he's terrible and all the stuff he did is horrible but when I was watching it I could think of like two or three people in my head who were like this guy's going to be his god yeah, you know yeah, yeah. they're like well he's ideal look at his lifestyle he's amazing he and has any, everything yeah. and any money that the real life Jordan Belfort made from I think the book and this film he's given it back to the families like they didn't even go near anything with victims from all this kind of financial mismanagement like yeah it's a completely different film then like that's kind of for a sad yeah documentary rather than this um 
So yeah, I I think you give it five. I Did give I it five. Give it five. I think yeah, probably four and a half or five. Yeah, because it was great. But I, you can see what's wrong with it. But I don't care. Yeah, exactly. It's one of those things. If you're being impartial and you were, you know, you'd be like, well, maybe it's a bit flawed. And I want to see that longer version of it. See what yeah, it comes out like. Definitely. Uh, cool. So the last one of the big four that were like, because this really is a ridiculous month. We had these. These were four consecutive weekends that these films come out, and um, the this one was Inside Lewin Davis. Um, it's uh, Oscar Isaac, a Guatemalan uh, actor, plays a uh, folk singer in Greenwich Village in February 1961. Um, it's loosely based on the memoir, The Mayor of MacDougall Street, I know it's called, which is the memoir of the folk singer Dave Van Ronk, who died a couple of years ago. But he was kind of around, connected to everyone. And so it gave a really good... Um, viewpoint of what that folk scene was like in Greenwich Village and it's something that's become really you know myth mythologized eulogized myth mythologized <laughs> mythologized yeah yeah I'm pretty sure that's a word yeah. sorry I took some I took some quaaludes before <coughs> so, so it's all going to be a bit uh, iffy um, and it was a really really awesome kind of representation of that and the Coen brothers directed it as I have neglected to mention and um, it was really, really nice to see them getting back to kind of weird, sad, tragic It's kind of characters. a film about the guy who doesn't make it. Like, Dave Von Ronk was famous in his yeah. own way. He kind of eked yeah. out a bit of a living. Yeah. But it's like, because uh, the film ends um, and it starts kind of with Bob Dylan coming on stage. Ends, and yeah. And kind of, that's where he was discovered. And it was like, okay, this is where Bob Dylan discovered. But for every Bob Dylan, there was like five or ten other people who were just kind of like in the background yeah. you know yeah which is weird because I think Bob I kind of took from it something that I haven't read anywhere else but that like Lewin was getting onto the thing that Bob then kind of became famous for where he was getting beyond the pop songs he had seen that well yeah you can write really dark songs but then you just give them to these pop singers like Peter Paul and Mary and the birds or whatever not that they were pop singers but like mm. to sing to do a cover of because that's how Bob then became as funny and made most of his money from the like, of versions most, of Blown in the Wind yeah. and Tam- Mr. Tambourine Man and stuff one of the most heartbreaking scenes is when um, Lewin Davis goes on this road trip with John Goodman and the other guy do you find out his name? Garrett Headland. yes he's got an actor oh, a character name in it I don't no I don't know anyway so they go on the road trip with the cat and uh he goes to see this music producer. He's obviously a moneymaker guy. And uh, he plays for a song for him. And you think, oh, God, this might be it. He might make it. And the guy just turns around to him and is like, eh, I don't see any money in that. That was a brilliant bit, yeah. Yeah, you're just like, oh, God. There's a guy, uh, Dara, Dara Duel from Homeland. For anyone who watches Homeland, you'll have recognised him. <laughs> but it's a lovely bit. It's a, It finishes off the trailer where it's like, play me something from inside Lewin Davis. And really lovely scene I love pretty much every musical number we get to see from beginning to end and they recorded them on set and everything so anything that you see like Justin Timberlake Carrie Mulligan or Oscar Isaac doing they did on on set which is cool from musical producer T-Bone Burnett who is pretty much musical producer on everything if you notice that yeah anything to do with like live music like he was on Nashville the TV series Oh Brother Where Art Thou um and all that anyway um it's uh, brilliant and it I got completely it. Yeah. neglected at the Oscars no I can kind of see why I think though because like too dark it's too an weird. old school Coen Brothers film and that it's kind of weird there's that whole road trip that doesn't make a whole pile of sense the John road Goodman trip, character 15 minutes was one of my highlights oh it was brilliant thing. yeah but you're kind of like what's it really saying at or you'd need to watch it a few times to try and get a grasp but the whole thing with the cat um, it's like an old school Coen Brothers where it's like they're not really explaining everything to you 
it's a cyclical thing with the start, yeah. the end, and everything. And we we went because everyone um, mythologizes uh, Fargo, and yes. um, Fargo came out. Uh, they played it here in the Lighthouse as part of the Coen Brothers season. Dublin's Lighthouse Cinema did a, uh, I don't know, they're going on now. Like they played pretty much all of them. Did it go I back to Blood Simple and Raising Arizona and stuff? And Possibly. Oh Brother, Where Art Thou? And maybe a, they probably skipped a serious man. I had that music documentary. That was part of it. Oh yeah. Yeah, so seemingly they've gone all out. Anyway, great work, great to see. And um, but anyway, Fargo, it has a really, 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 really weird bit where she goes on that kind of pseudo date with the guy that no one ever talks about. Like Fargo is way weirder than it is remembered. Yeah, I think people just remember certain clips, you know. Yeah, and and you're oh the wood chipper and blah blah blah. And like it's a phenomenal story and it's really tense and hilarious and it's everything that made them famous I suppose in a weird way like yes. that that's pretty much them at their peak I think but there's a couple of really weird bits that are completely off the wall and, yeah. um, and again Lewin Davis is incredibly funny but very dark funny and you, you, some people would be like well that's not funny that's just yeah. sad Yeah. so it picked, did it pick up a supporting or original screenplay or? it has no screenplay things as far as I know it's in there for best uh, sound editing and 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 cinematography which I think is really bad because it looked all like an Instagram uh, thing but like actually if you, watch a wee, if you watch it Keanu, there's a wee making of thing and what they wanted was the kind of colours of um, Free Wheel and Bob Dylan that's yeah, kind of what they wanted yeah. and I think they kind of got I know, that even, I know what you mean it kind of does seem like it looked like even a, a bit blurry like they went a bit crazy in post-production I suppose that's nothing to do with the yeah they've kind of totally got rid of the sides or it's just yeah. really focusing in on the characters the background Instagram. is very yeah yeah it's just Instagram but it's it's great you you get used to that it's kind of like when you go to see The Hobbit or something when it takes about 10 minutes to work out that this is what it's going to look like and then yeah. you just fall into the world um, so we'll close out this uh, January look back Although, actually, no. Well, yeah, we will. With uh, a little clip. And this is where Lewin is visiting um, the Gorefinds, who are a couple who we don't know a whole lot about. And then slowly it's kind of revealed that they might be related to some, um, to Lewin's former musical partner. And, um, which I thought was re- really well done. Um, yeah, I think in my head, it'd be like, oh, they're his parents. Yeah, it has to be his parents. Yeah. Or certainly benefactors or mm-hmm. something. I'd say parents, though. Um, and so they're playing uh, Fare Thee Well, which is also known as song but um, yeah we'll see how it goes well, I'm getting my silver tone you get to play it if and only if you sing right yeah okay I can tell this is one of those things where I keep saying no and you think I'm just asking you to beg more yeah that's right right <laughs> well look I'm not a trained poodle I thought singing was a joyous expression of the soul yeah all right um this is, this one's early. Joe should like it. If I had wings or a dove, I'd fly up the river to the one that What is that? What are you doing? Well, it's Mike's part. Don't do that. It's Mike's part. I know what it is. Don't do that. Uh, yeah, so just before we wrap up the January bit, uh, Lone Survivor is out today, um, Friday, 
January 31st. And so this is the latest film from Peter Berg, who directed the films uh, Friday Night Lights, Battleship and Hancock. So he's kind of a divisive... Uh, Hancock was the Will Smith one. Oh, yeah. Remember that? Yep. It, was, uh, it had potential. Friday Night Lights is brilliant. And as you know, I love Battleship. Um, so I think something about Peter Berg, I don't know if it's the kind of films he's attracted to, though. He's brilliant at making these films about like uh, kind of men hanging out and all that kind of thing. So we saw that in Friday Night Lights. It's about a football team. Battleship, it's about a guy, a group of guys, and Rihanna, who um, <laughs> blow up big boats so uh, Lone Survivor it's a film uh, about the Afghanistan conflict but these guys SEAL Team 10 I think they were and uh, they're the, the spoilers in the title I only so realised only... that a couple of days ago where I was like yeah. oh Lone Survivor right so they all die apart from one guy yeah who do you think who do you think it is I'll give you the cast not Wahlberg Mark Wahlberg Taylor Kitsch Emil Hirsch Ben Foster and Eric Banana Ben Foster no well, I won't ruin it go okay. and see the film it's kind of obvious from the trailer but actually no they, they also ruin it at the beginning of the film by showing you the end of it as they always tend to do I mean Hirsch cropping up again oh absolutely but no it's it, the cast is brilliant like the guys they all have big beards and they're all you know the bits in um, in uh, what do you call it uh, Zero Dark Thirty and yes. even Captain Phillips where you get to see the seals doing their thing it's very cool but there's about you could skip the first half an hour and also skip the crappy in memoriam real life version at the end um, and in between is an hour of phenomenal action like the bit it's so authentic looking and it's it all looks to be done kind of in camera very realistic looking for showing these guys the four of them are out on this kind of scouting mission and they come across this family or kind of group of men who have loads of goats and then they spot one of them as a walkie talkie and they're like oh balls he's in there chatting to the Taliban and then they tie them up and they have this moral dilemma and you're like oh right what did they do and um, so they are like well we can't just kill them and half of them want to kill them blah 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 and then they're like right we have to just let them go and see what happens and so then they're camped up at the top of this mountain and then within about maybe an hour they realise none of their communications are working but then they realise that they're completely surrounded by around so then there's this kind of full, half an hour sequence of the Taliban guys just chasing them down this side of a mountain in this really it's really intense and really kind of you get really really into it it's absolutely brilliant but the film overall like you couldn't really care too much about it so it ends up being a 3 out of 5 if you were American would you love it no. if I was American I'd love it because like, I'd be like oh brilliant my tax dollars are working look at these boys out there because it doesn't it doesn't but does come it go down in propaganda or no or not really like it's done with the with the assistance of the thing but like I mean they all die like so there's very little honour in the whole thing you know there's very few heroes here because like I suppose the one thing is they don't kill the 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 Taliban guys but then they don't get to kill their target or anything so um, so it's very good but like Jarhead yeah but good to see Taylor Kitsch as well though because he was in those two turkey films a couple of years ago uh, John Carter and Battleship so he'll eventually make it and the Bang Bang Club film about that South African uh John Carter was it no Kevin Carter that's so weird he was in a film called John Carter and then he was in Kevin he played Kevin Carter the South African photographer wow he should play Get Carter in the remake in the second remake cool anyway so that wraps up uh, January unless you have a movie moment of the month I do actually oh yeah what's your movie moment why can't you tell me yours okay my movie moment of the month is going back to The Wolf of Wall Street and it's um, throughout the film they do these uh, sleeping tablets called they shorten them to ludes 
and it's basically what they gave housewives during the Quaaludes, 40s yeah. and 50s to keep them awake but, or, or to, sorry, to to, sorry to put them to sleep and if you hold off the urge to go to sleep it kicks in and gives you this pretty big high so they get these legendary ones and they're called lemon ludes and uh, they take them and of course they don't work or so they think end up doing about five or six of them and then 40 minutes later they kick in and it's about the funniest 10 minutes in the film it it's is hilarious between DiCaprio and Jonah Hill yeah and a great visual gag with uh, a drive home and his car yeah that was very funny uh, very good yeah mine is from All Is Lost which I think it came out actually on like St. Stephen's Day but we haven't been here in a while um, you haven't got to see this yet because it again got next to no push came yeah out, came out in that quiet couple of days after Christmas uh, Robert Redford didn't get the Oscar nomination and uh, one best music I think at the Golden Globe best score best score the guy with the the bun, man head. bun. Mm-hmm. yeah um, but it's absolutely brilliant my moment from it is when he's fiberglassing the boat because I've never seen anyone using fiberglass um, on screen before and it was kind of interesting and he hangs out over the edge of it doing stuff so unlike like he's his his boat crashes in somewhere in the Robert Pacific, Redford. kind of like his boat crashes in the Pacific Ocean. Most of us would be like ah balls, and um, does the thing that crash into him? It's a like tanker. He, he crashes into a, into a uh, yeah no a thing off the back of a lorry. Yeah. Has it fallen off uh, Captain it, Phillips? It may boat. have fallen. Yeah, Captain Phillips drives past at one ah. point and they don't see him. So I think it was really cool. Did you see the producer Colin see all his last with you? Oh, yeah, we saw it together. That's why I. Well, I was not invited. It. Sorry, we had we had to, yeah we had talked about it and um, the ending. I quite liked the ending. Did you think the ending? The ending is 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 less obvious than Gravity. It's a similar story to Gravity, where it's like one person trying to do everything they can to get home, and the ending is kind of nice. I liked it. Yeah. yeah, and so and it's a pretty film. It feels kind of feels low budget, but also very immersive and stuff. And sadly, no one is chatting about it, but. There you go. And he's so old. He's 77 in it. And he did mostly stunts himself kind of in water and everything. So well worth seeing. All right. Part three. So we're quickly going to run down what we think is going to win the Oscars. So every year, Pork and I and a couple of our friends, we enter uh, an Oscar pool, pool, if you like, where we pick what wins maybe the 10 or 12 top categories. And um, every year, by the time, by the Friday or Saturday, the Oscars, it becomes a bit, like, pretty obvious, about nine or twelve. Yeah, there's about two that are a bit up in the air. Like, this year, there's a few that, you know, there's, there's, yeah, it's a bit more either. I always love the Oscars because at the start, I'm like, this could win or that could win. And then as it comes close to the time, I was like, that's going to win. And next month, we're going to have a a ridiculously um, Oscar-focused podcast. It'll be stats and charts. They're, yeah, they're on on the 2nd of March If my It's a Sunday, yeah I'm really struggling without the internet here I'm actually pulling facts out of my brain 2nd of March, that is a Sunday, isn't it? Yeah, because yeah. the 3rd is the Monday There you go, yep. yeah And so um, we will be publishing on like, I don't know, 26th or 27th of February And we'll have lots of lowdown We'll help you win your Oscar mm-hmm. pool But anyway, let's shout about uh, We're just going to call it out Film, you go Gravity Ooh, 12 Years a Slave Director uh, Alfonso Cuarón. Oh, you're gone for that. I've gone for Alfonso Cuarón as well. Yeah. Uh, actor. McConaughey. I've gone for McConaughey as well. Actress. I have Kate Blanchett. Same. Jared Leto, supporting actor. Yeah, but I want Jonah Hill to win. But yeah, I've this gone isn't for Jared Leto. This is yeah. Pink. So now, supporting actress. I have Jennifer Lawrence. No, I have um from Twelve Years a Slave, uh, Laputa. Laputa Nyong'a. Yeah. Um, the song 
we talked about this before we do differ on this mm. it's definitely going to be let it go from Frozen yeah I looked at the stats for that and it really seems like it is but I'm going to go with but you sta- too yeah but stats for if Bookies. this was a if yeah. this was the Grammys yeah. it might win but this is who votes for song like you know and everyone wants you two to go and they won the Golden Globe so I think you two will win yeah so and I've gone for let it go uh, mm. original screenplay American Hustle Oh, I've got it for Spike Jones. Her, yeah, which we'll be talking about in a few minutes. Adapted screenplay. I have. Uh, I think it's John Ridley. I'm not sure. Twelve Years a Slave. Same. Is it John Ridley? Don't know who wrote Don't it. Don't know. Who cares? Yeah. Uh, foreign film. The Great <coughs> Beauty. Yeah. Although I want The Hunt to win. Yeah, and I want The Broken Circle Breakdown to win. There you go. Yeah. You see, I just think. Um, I actually, at the moment, would like The Wolf of Wall Street to win Best Film because it's the most entertaining. But Probably can. isn't the best film. It won't win. Really didn't like Gravity. And I think they won't split maybe film director so that they'll, they'll do a double. They'll either give it to 12 Years and Steve McQueen or I think Gravity it's a bit of a cop-out to give each of them one. Like, I suppose in mine, American Hustle isn't winning anything apart from Sporting Actress. But anyway. I don't think they can give it to her two years in a row. America's Sweetheart. Mm. Um, just as a January <coughs> sorry throwback I saw recently um, I'm going to have to splice this in God. August Osage oh. County and um, it's actually very good I quite liked it reminiscent of uh, Who's Afraid of Virginia Woolf plays like that and I actually liked Meryl Streep in it so I wouldn't mind if she won Best Actress but I think Kate Blanchett's pretty much got that sewn up yeah I haven't got to see it just yet um, but I intend to yeah she does it's a bit sad that Kate Blanchett had it sewn up last September like I mean be gas if it actually spun around um, anyway uh, I guess coming up in February as you know on the first day of every month the so first of February we'll have a proper preview and we'll have listings that y'all can you know share and tweet and blah 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 but uh, the film that I've picked even though there's a couple of actual major good films important films coming out next month I'm picking Robocop I'll tell you why uh, the Robocop remake uh has an actor who I absolutely love Joel Kinnaman he's in The Killing and then he's in this uh, Danish action series called uh, Easy Money there's three of them which uh, no one really knows about and uh, I've seen the first two the third one I don't think has come out yet and then uh, it's from a Brazilian director who do you remember about 10 years ago there's a film Bus 147 documentary about a bus that was like hijacked him and then he directed Elite Elite Squad (coughs) 1 and 2 do you remember those action films that people kind of talked about so he's done them and like Hollywood has kind of picked him up now and like on paper very very promising I know it's going to be crap and you were saying the 12A yeah it came out today I think Scanon tweeted that it got a 12A rating so you're just like why bother okay it's for kids and but it's going to be really clean really clean cut it's going to be like the total recall remake I don't remember that you know that was a joke ah. um, yeah I, I do wonder um, about that but I have high hopes I think I my expectations are low <laughs> I have high hopes because my expectations are low yeah. basically uh, do you have a pick for the month yeah her is going to be my pick it's the new Spike Jones film and it stars um, Joaquin Phoenix and Scarlett Johansson is the voice of a like computer android thing who falls in love and Jack uh, Joaquin Phoenix and her fall in love and he kind of starts this relationship so it's kind of examining that whole press. directed by the man who I worked out myself was was involved with three Oscar films and then the next day because um, Spike Jones, he obviously his film Her has a best picture and a screenplay and various kind of nods for it and then he's in Jackass which uh, for best makeup he's actually not in it he was cut out of it but he produced it and it has lots to do with the Jackass people 
and then he's in the Wolf of Wall Street as well, working in the manager of the penny stockbroker. But mm-hmm. then he also did a bit of script uh, work. Well, not work. Feedback on American Hustle. Him and David ah. Russell go back a long way. So he's involved in four films. So anyway, um, yeah. it's going to be great. I've deliberately tried not to kind of think too much because I think it's going to be amazing. And it's out on Valentine's, Valentine's Day. Yeah. What a lovely thing to do. To do for a hot date. Hey. Come and see, come and see this film. But a man who falls in love with his computer, cool. So to finish up our podcast for this month, uh, we're going to have a seen it, and it's a bit of a random one. But seeing as we were talking about her and Valentine's Day, it is this speech from uh, Ascent of a Woman, where Al Pacino talks about women and his thoughts on women. So it'll be Valentine's Day before we come back. So happy Valentine's Day, and uh, see you in February for the Oscars. Bye, women. What can you say? Who made him? God must have been a fucking genius. The hair. They say the hair is everything, you know. Have you ever buried your nose in a mountain of curls? Just wanted to go to sleep forever. Or lips and when they touched yours were like that first swallow of wine after you just crossed the desert tits Hoo-ah. big ones little ones nipples staring right out at you like secret searchlights hmm legs I don't care if they're Greek columns or secondhand Steinways what's between them passport to heaven I need a drink yes Mr. Sims there's only two syllables in this whole wide world worth hearing Ah. Are you listening to me, son? I'm giving you pearls here. <laughs> I guess you really like women. Oh, above all things.